morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everybody. It's your girl, Sonia McQueen, with It's Your Life. What are you doing with it? I want to ask you guys a question. How do you handle stress in your life? I've spoke about stress before, and there are some situations I want to tell you about, but I'm going to drag them out a little bit. Um, but today I'm going to share with you about how I was on Ambien. I was on Ambien because I couldn't sleep, and I was on Ambien for four days. I couldn't sleep because of all the situations and circumstances at the time going on in my life, and maybe a month and a half of sleeping a total of six to eight hours a week. Also, stress weighs on my body differently, so I could be in the best of shape. But when stress hits me, my stomach will get bigger. I will gain weight overnight. I went from... 127 pounds to 156 in two weeks. It's just really weird what my body does. It's like it morphs, like I swallow a whole person or something. I don't know. But no matter how much exercise I do, how few calories I take in a day, I get bigger and bigger and bigger when I am under a lot of stress. I remember taking pictures of my stomach so big it was touching the steering wheel. And you're talking about somebody who was running and working out daily. But anyway, the doctor eventually put me on Ambien. And within that four days period, I took the pills. I did the craziest, most outrageous things I cannot begin to tell you that I don't recollect. Um... I, I fell down the steps, thought it was funny, you know, scared the heck out of my kids, doing, just doing crazy stuff, um, calling people I don't care for, have them pick me up. Um, <laughs> those are stories in themselves, the things I did. But when I seen proof one day of something I did the day before, I immediately stopped taking the pills and thank God I was only on them for a few days. It was after that I was reading about other people on Ambien, um, getting in cars, driving, not remembering, turning on their oven, baking stuff, putting stuff that shouldn't be in the oven in the oven, doing just extra, extra, extra. And I was just thankful that I got off the pills as fast as I did because it was true. I didn't recollect the things I was doing, but the whole point is. I was on the Ambien because I couldn't sleep. I was unable to sleep for weeks on end. But the reason I wasn't able to sleep was because I was stressed. I didn't put the two together back then. But how do you handle stress and how does it affect you? I remember when I was working at the Department of Health, there was this young lady and her legs would swell so bad and she couldn't walk and it hurt so much. But the more I spoke to her, the more I thought it was stress-related. And I was talking to her, telling her how stress affects me, how it feels like an elephant sitting on my shoulder sometimes. And I do all these push-ups to get rid of the, the uh, tightness in my shoulders and my neck, but it doesn't seem to help. And I don't like massages, but how I do these deep needing massages and buying different things and nothing was helping. Then I remembered the lack of sleep and the way my stomach would swell and how big I would get, but eating a minimum amount of food and burning four or five times the calories that I was eating and still getting bigger. 
and how all that was stress for me. But of course, she kept going to the emergency room and to the doctors and so on and so forth. And they're giving her all these medications and talking surgery. And finally, I said, do me a favor and just try this. Try this. So we went for a walk one day. Her legs were hurting her. I just said, let's get down the steps. And then I started speaking God's word to her because she's very um, devoted to her faith. And we started talking about her kids and my kids and laughing. And next thing I knew, she was walking normal, y'all. She didn't even think about it. She wasn't limping. She wasn't crotched over. She was walking normal. We're walking through the parking lot of the Department of Health, just talking and laughing and walking and talking and laughing. She's my assistant. And next thing you know, I pointed out to her, hey, look at how you're walking and laughing. And we've been out here walking for 30 minutes and you haven't complained in the last 20. And that's when she realized Wow, Sonia, I think you're right. This is stress-related. She had so much stress on her, and she'd go home, and there would be stress about certain things, and she would come to work and talk about them, and the people she was talking to would add more stress to her because they were band jumpers, and they would make her think the worst of every situation she discussed, and it would make it worse for her. How does stress sit on you? Once I learned how stress affects me and my body and my mind and not being able to sleep and do certain things, I started releasing it in different ways. How do you release the stress in your life? I knew I had to make changes in my life and, and not do things the same because Doing the same things over and over, thinking it was going to release the stress was just insane, right? Just insane. But then when I realized this is a, a stressor for me, this is a stressor. At one point, I thought I need a psychiatrist. And maybe some people, they, they need therapy. There's nothing wrong with therapy. As a matter of fact, I still think I could benefit from therapy. But right now, these podcasts are therapeutic for me. These podcasts are therapeutic. Writing is therapeutic. Speaking to myself, praying, all therapeutic. You know, not even when I'm bothered by somebody sitting down with them discussing it is therapeutic because sometimes it makes it worse. I learned who I could sit and talk to and who I just had to pray it away, you know, or change, change our relationship. Because everybody isn't accepting when you want to come to them and express how you feel. It doesn't mean it's right, wrong, or indifferent. It's how you feel. And you have all rights to express how you feel or how somebody makes you feel. But nothing's worse than trying to tell somebody how a situation made you feel. And they are very um, negative about your words. They are resilient and they reject your feelings. Imagine somebody cracking jokes and they hurt your feelings and they're just jokes, but they're making jokes at the expense of you. And later on, you know, you see your feelings are really, really hurt and you try to sit down with them and you try to tell them, hey, you know, those jokes you were cracking, you know, they, they subliminally 
were about me and things you know about me and they get mad. You know what that 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 attitude of anger is? It's really an attitude of guilt. But instead of saying, you know what? I didn't think about it that way. I apologize that I made you feel that way. Even if 100% they didn't mean it that way. They don't acknowledge your feelings. Instead, what they do is they become defensive. And they tell you, that's your problem, that you feel that way, that you're guilty, that this, that, that. And it makes it worse. And you wish you would have never spoken to them about it because now you're on the outs with them over a joke. That's reality, you guys. So you have to know who you can go to and express yourself and they'll care about your feelings. Even if, you know, there was one time I posted something on Facebook. It's been over a decade because I closed my Facebook account for years. And this one I have now, I think I reopened in 20. 12 or 13 when I moved to Florida, maybe. Um, but it's not my original more. My original one, I had the maximum amount of followers that you could have. And I was getting hundreds on hundreds of likes and comments because back then, you know, I was somebody to somebody, not to myself, but to somebody. And I'll never forget I posted something and somebody uh, called me. And this is somebody I considered a friend and asked me, was their post about them? And started telling me, I, I first thing I asked is, what makes you think that post is about you? And they started telling me something about themselves that I didn't even know. How was my post about you? And I didn't even know that, you know, but they really felt like the post was targeting them. That's guilt. I had nothing to do with that, but it incensed me still. Even now, today, well over a decade later, I wish I would have said the same thing. You know, what makes you think that? And once they told me, I, you know what? I apologize you went through that. I, I had no idea. Um, even though my post isn't about you or that situation that I didn't know about, would you like for me to remove it? Do you think other people will think it's about you? That's maybe how I should have handled it, but I was mad. I was mad that you're going to call me and think my post is about you. And one thing I've made clear is I don't post my issues and I don't post other people's issues. If I post something and it hits you, that's either guilt or it's just the way it is. Everybody has situations every single day. And when somebody posts about a situation maybe you're going through, doesn't mean that they're posting about you and your situation, but I could have handled it differently because I'm offended that you think I have the time to post about you instead of feeling how that person felt and understanding where maybe they were coming from. But still to this day, and we are talking probably 13 years ago, I remember that conversation and I feel badly about the way I handled it, but that was back then. Now I know better. Now I know when somebody has an issue or something's bothering them, to listen to them, even if it wasn't my intent, or I don't know what they're talking about, or they're way off base. Still, I know to apologize that they feel that way, not for my actions. But I'm sorry you feel that way. You know, man, I, I would never do something to make you feel that way. I, I'm sorry you feel that way. I'm not taking ownership, but I am showing I care. And there's a huge difference. 
Because when you become defensive and mad over somebody trying to express something to you, it does a couple of things. Number one, it makes them not want to come to you and talk to you anymore. Now you're going to wonder, well, why don't you come and talk to me? Because you you don't handle conversations the right way. You get defensive and you put up a guard and it makes me feel bad for trying to talk to you. Number two, it hurts them even more than initially they were hurt. And you really don't want to do that. So, you know, have an open mind. Understand what stresses people and what stressors maybe you're causing or what stressors maybe you're bringing into your own life. And if you know something's a stressor, I know when I'm stressed, I don't sleep. I know when I'm stressed and I don't sleep for a while, my attitude changes. I know when I'm stressed and I don't sleep and my attitude changes, I say things that I don't really mean the way they come out or I don't care about your feelings or what you think. And I'm more sensitive to everything you say and do. So it all starts with sleep. I know I need to get sleep. So I know I need to release anything that's bothering me. So I've learned to communicate better. I learned to open my mouth and who is important enough for me to open my mouth to and who I need to say, you know what? It's not even worth my time. That's just the way they are. And my words aren't going to make a difference. And we'll saw and let it go. I've learned everything doesn't need to sit on my shoulders. I've learned that when people come to me with their issues, I don't have to have an answer. I can just have an ear. I can actually just say, you know what, you want to pray? Even if they say, no, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to pray for that situation. Do you mind if I share it with with um, the prayer group I'm a part of? Can I share it with my family conference prayer group? If they say yes, I do that. But if they say no, I've learned not to take on other people's issues. Because believe it or not, trying to come up with answers for other people when you have your own issues is a double stressor. Been there, done that. And I have to think about how many times maybe people called me and especially in the past and just told me their issue after issue. And that's exactly why I stopped led by motivation over 10 years ago, why I stopped my newsletter over 10 years ago, why I stopped traveling and speaking um, as, as a motivationalist over 10 years ago. Why I pulled my books off the shelves over 10 years ago. I wanted nothing to do with any of that. I didn't want to hear people's issues because I didn't know how to listen with a closed mouth. I had to listen with a response because I wanted to help everybody else. That was my goal, to help everybody else not realizing how much stress and pain and anxiety it was putting on me because I hadn't even helped myself. <laughs> I hadn't even gotten through what my book was about. I hadn't even realized how to get over the pain of losing a child at my own hands. But yet and still here I am, an untrained professional with no paperwork behind me to say I'm a professional, trying to give advice to broken people when I was in torn pieces myself. I was in so many pieces, a forensic team couldn't have put me back together. 
So how am I going to help somebody else? And of course, that leads to what? For me, no sleep, which means what? Getting my feelings hurt easily. Being an extremely emotional person. Stressed, worried, not wanting to talk to people. Keeping my door shut. Getting rid of friends on purpose. But now I know how to handle any kind of stress that comes my way. And I sleep, y'all. And if I don't sleep, it doesn't have anything to do with stress. I go through these periods of time where I just can't sleep. My mind doesn't stop. You know, I'm thinking about my business. I'm thinking about fundraising. How do I begin to fundraise? Why don't I have more money so I don't have to fundraise? Do I apply for grants? I don't have my 501c3 yet. How do I get money for my business that's going to help communities? In the meantime, my mind doesn't stop. My board, what do they know? When am I going to meet my board? How do I meet my board? I don't want them at my house. Do I take everybody out to eat? Hey, everything has my mind going, but these are good things to keep my mind going because then I pray about it and I think about it and I, I express it to other business-minded people or people who care or people who want to see this dream come to fruition, right? And it's all positive. I get up to pee at midnight. I went to bed at 11. Now I'm wide awake because now I'm thinking about business and how wonderfully helpful I'm going to be to the homeless population, get them from the streets into their own homes. It's a good lack of sleep now. And then after a couple of nights, if I still can't sleep, I take a swig of z and I'm asleep for the next two days. I'm good. You guys, I was a little bit all over the place, but put it together. You got it. You got it. Just don't allow other people to stress you. If something's bothering you, know who you can go to and who you can talk to about bothering you. And know when to release it and say, it's not worth my time. Why is this even stressing me or bothering me? Have a conversation with yourself. Put it on paper. Put it in your own mind and and think it over. Everything that you think doesn't mean it's real. And it doesn't mean it has to come out of your mouth because you thought it. Because once it comes out, you can't take it back. Just like that bullet out of that gun. Once it's shot, you can't go get that bullet back, put it back in the gun, and undo what you did. Your mouth is a bullet. You move that tongue, start moving that air around. You cannot suck those words back into your mouth. Tread lightly. It's me. You can find me at S. McQueen. No, I'm Sonia M. I don't even remember. I think I'm Sonia M at livebymotivation.com or you can email us at livebymotivation07 at gmail. I received a couple of requests. I am going to do these with guests. Um, One of my favorite guest speakers is Eric Jones. I'm waiting. And as soon as he's ready, we're going to come to y'all with one of these. Um, I think he is the, he's going to lead that podcast. Um, So I have another podcast as well that I am not so familiar with. There is a pastor that I interviewed over a decade ago. He would be the perfect person to uh, do a podcast with this about. Um, So I'm not even going to share it with you guys now. It's going to be exciting though. If I can find him, 
and get him, oh my gosh, it's going to be unbelievable. Probably one of my best podcasts. So everybody have a great day on purpose and I will talk to you again soon.